Chaim for coming and Reb Tzvi for arranging it. Moish for the Nagunim and Simcha. One of the very unique things that we have in the world of Breslov is we have almost day-to-day accounts of the lives of Reb Nachman and Chaim Aran, the lives of Reb Nassim and Yimei Marna. It's something very unique that we cannot don't find by any other Chassidus that they kept detailed diaries, literally day-to-day detailed diaries of what took place. And Nassim wrote down what took place on Shabbos, what took place on Matzah Shabbos, when the Rebbe said Torah, when they didn't say Torah, when the Rebbe was in his room, detailed events. And detailed diaries of every single event that really took place. And when Reb Nassim started writing it down, when he came to the Rebbe, Reb Nassim in his own life. And one of the things that we have in Yemei Marna is we have a Mikhtav Estalkus, a basic summary of everything that took place in the last few days of Reb Nassim's life. And in there it says that the Shabbos before Reb Nassim was Nifter, Rav said the following Torah. It says in Mishnah in Perkyavis, Asei lecha rav, ukne lecha chavar. said, Asei lecha rav, make for yourself a Rebbe. Find for yourself a Rebbe. Find somebody who will be able to be like Rav Chaim was talking about before, that Akud al yayna the top part of the Allah, find for yourself somebody is going to be able to be a life. Somebody who will be a Rebbe. Rav says, if you can't find a Rebbe, ukne lecha chavar. Rambam said, "Kenel Chachaver doesn't just mean the simple translation of acquire for yourself a friend." Rambam said it could also be read as kana lechachaver. Kana means the quill that which you write with. Kana should be for you a chaver, for you a friend. Rambam explained that if you're not able to find a live tzaddik, if you're not able to find a tzaddik, somebody who's able to be madrich, somebody who's able to give you that which you need in the world of ruchnius, kana. That at least the svarim that are written down by the tzaddikim from the previous generations, previous generations, for should be lacha for you a chaver. You should use those as your hadracha, those as your derech in life and derech achayim. And there's nobody that made it more possible for every one of us to be zeichet to that Indian of kana lacha chaver more than Reb The amount of writing that Reb did, both in terms of quality and quantity. It's come out unparalleled, not just in the world of Hasidus, but in general in the world of the past few hundred years, if not even longer than that. Somebody to write the amount of quality and quantity. that Rav Nassim wrote in a short amount of time. Rav Nassim wrote Lekwiti Maran, Rav Nassim wrote Kitzel Lekwiti Maran, Rav Nassim wrote Yimei Marna, Rav Nassim wrote Chaim Maran, Rav Nassim wrote Sefer Amidus, Rav Nassim wrote Sipur Amaisis, Rav Nassim wrote Alom Lechufa, Rav Nassim wrote Lekwiti Eitzis, Rav Nassim wrote all of this, all of this, all of this, all of this that Rav Nassim wrote again and again and again, writing Lekwiti Alachis. I wouldn't even mention Lekwiti Alachis. Rav Nassim's the main main work of Rav Nassim, Lekwiti Alachis, which itself. Itself is a mind-blowing sefer. Every page there is filled with practical eitzes, with chizuk, with hadracha, with deep tairas, with stuff based on Kabbalah, stuff based on, on, the, on the Rebbe's tairas and Lakuti Maran. The amount of writing that Rav did, both in terms of quality and quantity, is unparalleled. And Rav allowed for every one of us, even if we're not able to have that aselach rav, to be able to connect to the physical Rebbe, to be able to sit with Rav Nachman in real life, but that ability to have that kana. Should be l'chachavar, Rav Nassim made that possible. But I think that along the way, another thing happened also. As Rav Nassim was making it possible for this world, for us, to have that the kana, that the svarm should be our friend, Rav Nassim also allowed that the pashup shot of the Mishnah took place also. Kanei We were able to also acquire a friend. 
Aside from the svarim that we got from Rab Nassim, we also were able to acquire a friend. Who, who's the friend that we're able to acquire? Rab Nassim. Rab Nassim is the greatest, our greatest friend. Rab Nachman is the Rebbe. Rab Nassim is our greatest friend. What does it mean that Rab Nassim is our greatest friend? Obviously we can't be masig who Rab Nassim was. Before he came to the Rebbe, before in the world when he was still involved in the world of the Mesnagdim, Ga'ini, Ga'inim, Baki, and Shas, and Kabbalah, and Paiskim. And then once he came to the Rebbe, everything that he was able to be Payal for that generation, the future generations. What do I mean that Reb is our friend? What do I mean that Kanei Chachavar is also talking about Reb So what's a friend? When a person's going through a challenge and a person's going through a difficulty and you share your challenge with somebody else, there's two ways that they can react Neither of those two ways are proper. One way they could react is you come to a person and you say, listen, I'm dealing with this challenge. I'm dealing with something in Ruchnius. I'm dealing with something in Gashmius. Life's not going the way I planned. Life's not going the way I thought it should. What do I do? And the person can say to you, if he's not a real good friend, he could say to you, don't worry about it. Everything will be fine. Don't worry, just rely on Hashem. Daven a little more and everything will be fine. All will be good. Just have a little bit more amuna betachin and everything will turn around. Turn around. Everything will turn out exactly the way you want. It's nice and it's amazing and maybe it'll give you chizik for a little bit, but it's not a real friend. Somebody who doesn't commiserate with you, somebody who doesn't realize and recognize the pain that you're going through and just sort of whitewashes the whole thing with the world of don't worry, it's all good. Hashem will take care of you. That's not a real friend. And if you come to somebody and explain to him what you're going through, and the person is actually able to commiserate with you, to understand you, to feel what you're going through, to be but doesn't have the ability to get you out of where you are, that's also not a friend. If he comes and he sits and he wallows with you and sits down and cries with you, but doesn't have the ability to pick you up, that's also not a friend. He's good, it's helpful, and obviously it's good to feel that somebody feels my pain, that there's somebody who's but then we're both sitting on the floor crying and we're both in pain. And obviously, there's a mile in speaking it out, but we've all sat on the floor. The ultimate friend is somebody who's able to understand you, somebody who's able to commiserate with you, somebody who's able to feel what you're going through and validate the feelings and the emotions that you're having and then give you the ability to be able to get back up. Because the only way you can really get back up is when you feel validated. When you feel like, yeah, the person that I'm talking to understands what I'm going through. They're not just pushing it off, machining it back and saying, don't worry, Hashem will take care of you. They understand what I'm going through. They feel the pain that I'm going through, physical, spiritual, financial, emotional. They feel that pain and then they're able to give me the chizek to get back up. That's what a real friend is. They feel your pain, they understand you. They sit with you on the floor and they cry and then they allow you to get back up. Then they pick you up. They grab you and they say, okay, now that we cried a little bit, now that I gave you a hug, now that I told you that I feel and I validate what you're going through, now let me pull you back up. Let's get back up together. And that's what Rav does to every single one of us. You look through the swarm of Rav You look through Olam the Chufa. It's probably the best place to look for this. And you look through the letters that Rav wrote to Rav Yitzchak and you see raw emotion. Emotion that you don't see come out in any other Sefer, Hasidus, Musr, Kabbalah. You don't see the way that Rav talks in any other Sefer. Talks honestly and openly and authentically validating emotions that people are going through sometimes with real, real challenges and people dying and losing money and sometimes with things that are smaller, seemingly. But Rav always begins with validation. 
Rasan always begins with understanding what you're going through, saying, I understand what it feels like to be in Shal Tachtis, I understand what it feels like to lose money, I understand what it feels like to be lost in this world. Rasan validates us. He tells us that our emotions are real and valid. And then Rasan gives us a hand and pulls us back on. That's what a real friend is. That's what Rasan does to us. Rasan becomes our greatest friend because he understands us, he's with us. He's mamish with us. Like Abchayim was saying, he's mamish all the way down to Tachtainim. He's all the way down with us, sitting on the floor with us. And then you go on to the next paragraph on Lakut Alachis, and Rasan picks you up higher than you could have ever imagined. You go on to the next piece on Lakut Tfilis, Rasan picks you up higher than you could have ever imagined. Kanelach Chachavar, Abnasan's a real friend. We all know that the Rebbe said that greater than the Torahs and deeper than the Torahs are the stories that the Rebbe said. The 13 stories in Sepurim Isis, which have no asaga of what they're talking about. Even the Torah, we have no asaga for sure when it comes to the stories. Probably the deepest, the longest story is the story of the seven beggars. A story which contains with it all the secrets of the world, the secrets of the coming of Mashiach. And there's one Akuda in that story that I want to focus on, which I think will help us understand who Rab is and what Rab did for us. Without getting into the depth of the story, and it will take us forever to say the story, even just saying it simply. But there's a boy and a girl that get lost. And they're sitting in a forest, running away. And they're running away together. This boy and this girl, and they're lost. They have no food. They have no, no one's taking care of them. And they chance upon this first beggar, the first beggar out of the seven beggars in the story. And the beggar comes over to them, and the beggar gives them food. The beggar starts talking to them. And the beggar says, where are you coming from? Where are you going? They say, we have no clue. We're little children. We don't know where we're coming from. We don't know where we're going. We're lost. It's a crazy, crazy bilbo that took place. We're just running away in the forest together. We don't know where we are, where we're going. We start schmoozing with them. Tries to help them a little bit. And then, and then it says in the story in Sipurim Isis, They looked and suddenly they saw that he was blind. But Pella, who was a wonder by them, if he was blind, how in the world was he able to go? He wasn't walking with a stick. He didn't have a seeing eye dog. He didn't have anybody walking along with him. But here was this beggar who was walking through the forest, a place that wasn't paved paths. And he was walking as if he was able to see. It was a pella how he was able to see if he was blind. The beggar leaves and the story continues. All the way towards the end of the story. When this little boy and girl eventually end up getting married and the beggars start coming back. The first beggar that comes back is the same first beggar that they met. The blind beggar, the beggar with no eyes. And at the end of the story, the beggar tells them, this first beggar tells them, Sevrim shani iver, you thought that I was blind. Eina ni iver klal, I'm not blind b'chlal. Rak shekol zman nidmak iver, looks like I'm blind. Ki eini shuma staklus klala la'olam. I don't look at all upon this world. Everything that takes place in the world takes place in a snap, a kaharifine in an instant. He tells this boy and this girl, this chasen and this kala, you looked at me when you were children and you thought I was blind. I'm not blind. I'm not blind at all. Rather, I don't have the ability to be able to see this world because everything in this world goes so quickly. I don't look at this world, I look at, I look at things that are bigger and more sublime and more spiritual than what's taking place in this world. 
And therefore, it looks like I'm blind, but I'm not blind at all. What does that mean that the, the beggar is blind? He can't see. He has no eyes, but he says, I'm not blind. I'm able to see. How can you have somebody be blind and be able to see? So Nachman explains to us very clearly what it means to be blind and to be able to see on a greater level than those who have eyes. Rabbi Nachman writes in Torah, Reish Nun Hei, Einayim heim dvarim el yoyne v'gvayim ha'oid. The eyes are dvarim el yoyne v'gvayim ha'oid, are very high and lofty things. Beheim royim tamid dvarim g'doylem v'nayram. They're constantly seeing things that are g'doylem v'nayram, lofty, high spiritual things. If a person would be zeichah to have proper good eyes, spiritual eyes, he would know big secrets. He would be able to see things, he would be able to see big secrets just with his own physical eyes. If a person would be zeichah to have he would be able to see all the secrets. If a person was able to see properly and be able to see in a real way, We'd be able to know everything. But what's the issue? Menachem explains to us the issue is, is that we don't look at things with an ayim We look at things with very external physical eyes. We look at things with an ayim gashmiyim. And therefore all of the secrets, all of the depth that takes place in this world, we're not able to see because we don't have a ayim kshayrim. We don't have kosher eyes. We don't have eyes that are able to see beneath the surface. In Torah Reish Nun, Rab Nachman writes, Dasha culminate tsar vekola yisurim enam rak mechasar nadas. All tsar and all yisurim that we deal with is only mechasar nadas from the lack of real integrated knowledge. Kimisha yesh loy das, somebody who has das. Viyoidea shakol bashkocha mehashem isbarach and knows that everything's from Hashem. Ein loy shum yisurim doesn't feel any pain. The enam marge shum tsar. It doesn't feel any spirit, any emotional pain. The writes, even though there are certain things that we're inevitably going to feel <coughs> emotional, physical pain, writes, if you're able to look at the world with enayim kshirim, if you're able to look at the world with real holy eyes, and you're not able to just see what's taking place to you on the surface, you can see what's underneath the surface, you can look with x-ray vision, Nachman says, the Yisurim are kalam ha'oyed, v'noichem le'skabel. They're much easier to accept. You can go through challenges and difficulties, but if you look at them at the minayim k'sherim, with the minayim that are dvarim al-yoyinim v'gvayim ha'oyed, then everything becomes much easier. You have the das, the knowledge, the recognition, the ability to be able to see that what's, what it looks like externally is just the external. It's just the chitzonius. It's just a hastara. But there's something taking place underneath the mask. Yosef HaTzadik looks like the king, the Melech Mitzrayim, who's trying to throw us all into jail, but underneath the mask, it's any Yosef Ha'idavichai. There's something taking place underneath the surface. The Ikra Tzarab Nachman writes, May Yisurin, why do we feel pain when we go through Yisurin? Whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical, why do we feel pain? Because they take away the Das, they take away the ability for us to be able to have that vision, those Yenayim Kshem to be able to see under. Because that's what Yisurin are. That's what pain is. That's what an Asayan is. They take away the das from you and you're not able to see clearly anymore. That's the pain that we deal with in Golas. 
We assume everything's just teva. Why did I fall? Teva. Why did my car get hit? Teva. Why did I lose money? Teva. Why am I dealing with challenges in Shalom Vayas? Teva. Why am I dealing with challenges in Parnasa? Teva. When we look at things and we assume that they're teva, and we look at things with external eyes and we say, I got hit because the car was going too quick, or I lost money because I didn't invest properly, so we deal with Sarah and Nisurin. If we're able to have proper inayim k'sherim and das, to be able to see really in a real clear way, internally, to see what's going pl- taking place underneath the surface, Menachem writes in all the Yisurin or Kalin, all the Yisurin are so much easier for us to accept. Being blind doesn't mean that I'm not able to see physically. The beggar told him I'm not blind physically. It looks like I'm blind physically. It looks like I can't see physically, but I have the ability to be able to see something that's much more important than being able to see with physical eyes. We know that the Chayza very famously was blind. So one of his eyes, the Chayza, the Chayza was able to see. The Chayza was called the Chayza is able to see because you don't need physical eyes to really be able to see. You need something which Nachman calls Das. Something which Nachman calls a recognition of the Hashkacha of Hashem in every single aspect of our life. Being blind means that when I go through Tsar, I feel like I'm, the, I'm going through it alone. And I feel like there's no Pshat in it and it's all Teva and there's no Hashkacha and it's random. There's no reason why I'm going through it and I don't know why I'm going through it and Hashem left me on the side of the road to suffer through the tzara that I'm going through. Being able to see clearly means that I understand that yeah, it's painful and yeah, it's difficult. Rabbi Nachman says, that I feel the pain, but nevertheless, I know that there's a reason. There's something. Less aser panimine, the Rabbi Hashem's taking care of every single aspect of my life. Everything's with hashkacha el yoyna. Everything I go through is only for my own good. That's what it means to have real enayim k'sherim, to be able to see in a real, clear, visible way. Rabbi Nachman writes in Teres Samachai an unbelievable thing. Rabbi Nachman writes in Teres Samachai Oiz Gimel, that when a person feels physical pain, naturally what many of us do when we feel physical pain, whether it's stubbing our toe or something much worse, Rabbi Nachman over there is talking about a person who they have to amputate a, a, a limb, chas v'shalom. When a person feels physical pain, most of us, what we do, is we wince and we close our eyes. Rabbi says, why do we do that? Why do we close our eyes when we feel physical pain? You stub your toe, immediately, the, jer- the knee-jerk reaction is you close your eyes, you, s- you squeeze your eyes t- tight. Rabbi says, why do we do that? Why do we squeeze our eyes tight when we feel pain? Rabbi says, because all of the tsar and yisurin that we have in this world is only because they take from a person the das because we're not able to see that the pain that we're going through is from the Rabbanish I'm not able to look at the tachlis what's really taking place that from the Rabbanish it's all good I feel the pain and I feel the physical and emotional pain that I'm going through when I have das, like Rav Nachman told us in Torah Reish Nun, and I'm able to see the tachlis, I don't feel the pain. And therefore Rav Nachman says, that's why you're going to understand something that's hidden and something that's very deep. That which is natural for a person. When a person goes through difficult pain, physical or emotional or spiritual, a person closes and squeezes his eyes tight. He says, we see this clearly that a person does. Is why? Rabbi says very simply, if you want to be able to see something that's far, how do you see something that's far? If you want to be able to really see something off in the distance, what do you do? You squint. 
You close your eyes a little bit and you're able to focus on that item which is very far in the distance. You wanna see if a car is coming off in the distance far down the highway, you close your eyes a little bit to see something that's far off in the distance. Rabbi Nachman says, what do you do if you wanna see something that's so far off in the distance you can't see with your physical eyes? If I wanna see something a mile away, what do I do? I close my eyes a little bit. Rabbi Nachman says, if I wanna see something that's not possible to be seen with the physical eyes, what do I do? I close my eyes all the way. If I want to be able to be mistako on the tachlis, that's kule taiv, to be able to figure out that everything's taiv, what do I do? I can't just close my eyes a little bit. I need to close my eyes fully. I need to close off the physical eyes that see the chitzonius of what's taking place externally, what the pain that I'm going through. I close my eyes and I'm able to see something that's much deeper than what I can see with my physical eyes. I'm able to see that the tachlis is kule taiv. Nachman says, I need to close off my eyes from seeing this world. To squeeze my eyes tight. Not to look at all at this world. Then I could see the tachashakulitaiv. When I look at this world with physical eyes, that I deal with pain, I deal with suffering, I deal with challenges, I deal with all the difficulties that I have in Olam Hazah. When I squeeze my physical eyes tight, I squeeze them closed, and I close my eyes to seeing things physically, and I start to see things in a deeper way, in a way where I have das, real recognition, real integrated knowledge, and everything's from Hashem, and everything's kulitaiv, then all the Yisur and every, all the pain that I'm going through becomes lessened. Again, is machmas that I'm not looking at it this way. Therefore, Nachman says it's natural for a person to close your eyes when you're dealing with physical pain. Because I want to run away from that which I can see with my physical eyes, and I want to run to a world which goes deeper than what I can see with my physical naked eyes. The only way I can see deeper is when I close my physical eyes. Even though I don't chop what I'm doing, what I naturally do is I close my eyes to see deeper. And that's what the beggar was telling these, these two children. He's telling this chassan and this kal, you think I'm blind. You think I don't have the ability to see. It's not that I can't see with physical eyes. I don't want to see with physical eyes. I want to see and I want to live in a world that's deeper. And it's more pnimis in the world I'm living in. I want to live in a world in which I recognize that everything's kule toiv. That from the Rabbanu that nothing that's happening to me in my life is happening without hashkacha oyoyna, making sure that it takes place. And that's what Rav Nassim came to the world to do. The whole lakuta alachas, the olam atshufa, all of Rav Nassim's farm are there to do one thing. To be able to be mechazagas and to tell us, yeah, it's difficult. There are and there is tsar, and there is difficulties that we're going to deal with. That's the reality of the world. Abnasan doesn't try to whitewash the difficulties that we're going to go through. You read the Kutel Lachas, you read the Kutel Tfilis, you read the Kutel Eitz, you read Abnasan Svarim, and you see that Abnasan talks in a very real and honest way about the challenges that we're going to go through. And he recognizes them and validates them and tells us that they're real and they're painful and they're difficult. But then Rav Nassim says, if you want to get up from the floor, the eight is you have to squeeze your eyes tight. You have to close your eyes that are able to see this world in a physical way, that are just able to see what's taking place in front of you, and you have to start looking deeper. You have to start being able to look with the eyes of the blind beggar, the beggar who doesn't just look with physical eyes. The beggar is able to look with the eyes of Das, with the recognition that underneath what's taking place externally, 
there's an internal. Underneath what's taking place on the outside, the Rabbani Shem is leading every single one of us with Ashkoch El Yaina. And that's why Rabbani is our best friend. Kneil HaChavar is the world of Rabbani He understands us, he appreciates us, he validates us, and then tells us, okay, but now close your eyes. Squeeze your eyes closed tight. Like Rabbi Nachman writes, put your hands on your eyes if you need to and stop looking at this world in a physical way. Stop looking at everything with naked f- eyes of flesh. Start looking at things with eyes, in Nayim Ksheris, eyes that are able to see, in Yanim Gvayim Ve'al things that are much, much loftier than which we can see with our physical eyes. There's a Chabad Chassid who was a Rav in a city not far from Odessa. His name is Meir Shlem Yanofsky. He's Lubavitcher Rebbe's maternal grandfather. And he's a Rav in this town near Odessa. The time of the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe. He was very beloved by the people in the city. They loved him, Mr. Mayor Shlema. And as would happen very often, there was an outbreak of typhus that took place that ravaged through the city, the city that he lived in. Many, many people got sick, including the Rav, including our Mayor Shlema. And what they did was, similar to what they do to people in COVID, they took them and they put them in a quarantine hotel. They stuck all of them in this little hotel. It wasn't like the hotels that they put you in an So when you go to a COVID quarantine hotel, stuck them in a little dinky little hotel. And most of them were suffering terribly, terribly physically. And Al-P. Rav, most of them didn't make it out of the hotel. And not only were people from his community there, but the Rav himself was there, Ramir Shlaimu was there. And in the same city that Ramir Shlaimu was the Raven, there was a Yid named Rabasha Grossman, also a Chabad Chassid. He was a Sheikhan of the town. And he was broken, totally broken, that his Rav, that their Rav, the Rav of the whole city, was taken and brought into this quarantine hotel. And they didn't know if he was ever going to make it out. And Sir Mayor Shloyman decided he's going to do what he could do to be Mechazik. I'm sorry, Rabasha Grossman decided he's going to do what he could do to be Mechazik that Sir Mayor Shloyman is stuck in the quarantine hotel. And every day he went, to the quarantine hotel. He didn't know which room he was in. There was no, he didn't have the ability to be able to get into this hotel. He went every single day outside of this building. I don't know how many rooms were in this building, but he went to this building and he stood outside with a Tanya, Sefer Tanya. And he opened it up to the back to Igris Kaidesh in the 11th, 11th letter of the Balatanya in Igris Kaidesh. And he read the following words and he screamed them out loud. He says, from the Rabbanisham, there is no Ra, Bahakol Toiv, Rak, Musig, We're not able to be Masagar, we're not able to understand how what we're going through right now, the challenges we're going through right now, is a Kol Toiv. The Baltani writes, this is the Ikra Munaf, and this is the purpose of creation of the world. Lahamen, the less Aser to believe. That there is no place, the less Aser Panimile, Binei, Minei, there is no place that's void of the Rabbani Shalom's presence. We're living with the Arpnei Amelech. And therefore, in the place of the Rabbani Shalom, which is everywhere, it's Oiz Vechedva Bemakaimai. And therefore, the Baltani says, Rashis Akol, the beginning is, a person is able to live and survive and thrive with the Amuna that I call Taiv A Abu Ba'emas Ain Ra Yawid Melamala. Nothing bad comes down from the Mala. And Abasha had no idea if Rameir Shlema was listening. He had no idea if he was able to hear him. But every day for weeks on end, he would go in front of this quarantine hotel 
and open up the Sefer Tanya to Igris Kaidish, the 11th letter, and he would read out again, Avo Ba'emes, Ein Ra Yoyed Melamala, there is no Ra that comes Melamala. Va'kol Toiv, everything's good, again and again and again, he would do this day in, day out. Finally, after a few weeks, the Rover, Meir Shlaima, had a miraculous recovery. And he comes out and he greets everybody in the town. Everybody's dancing, singing with him. He finally came out of this terrible place. They never thought he would make it out. And he meets his friend, Rabasha Grossman, the Sheikh. And he starts crying on his shoulder. And he said, I can never, there's no words that I have to be able to thank you. He said, you push it, saved my life. He said, I went into this hotel with all the other people that were sick with typhus and I thought it was over. I thought it was over. I was sick physically, emotionally, I was broken. I thought I was never gonna make it out. The chances of me making it out were very slim and I thought I was done. I thought I was totally done. And he said, I was laying there in bed one day and all of a sudden I heard the words of the Helig of Al-Tanya. There is no Ra, it's Yorid Melamala. He said, at first I thought I was delusional, screaming the words of the Balatanya. I'm stuck in this terrible, terrible, God-forsaken place. People around me are dying, people are sick. It's the worst place to be stuck. And I hear the words of the Balatanya. And he said, then I heard it one day, and then I heard it again the next day, and the next day. And he said, he gave me the chizik, you saved my life. He said, you and the Balatanya saved my life. The recognition that even when I'm stuck in the worst shal tachtis, to recognize, to have that amuna, which Balatani writes is the ikr tachlis of this world, he said, you saved my life. You gave me the ability and the kayak to be able to survive and to be able to get better at that. And therefore, I have no words to thank you. That's Reb Nassim. That's Reb Nassim. Reb Nassim comes to us when we're stuck in Chal Tachtas, whether it's Ruchnius or Gashmius. We're stuck in a place of Tsar and Yisur, and Reb Nassim sits with us on the floor, and Reb Nassim cries with us. Reb Nassim tells us, I understand what you're going through. Reb Nassim did not live an easy life. Anybody wants Kabar Reb Chaim Kramer's book through, through Fire and Water and read the Yisurim, both physical and spiritual, you saw him that Reb Nassim went through. He, he was literally, they had hitmen come after him to try to kill him, stones being thrown at him. He was chased out of places. Terrible, terrible, you saw him physical and spiritual. Reb Nassim sits with us and says, I know what you're going through. I understand you. I commiserate with you. I validate you. And then Reb Nassim says, but Ba'emes ain ra There is no evil. The Rosh sitting with you. Everything's bashkach el yoyna. Rosh taking care of you 100%. Ain ra that's what it means, Hashem should help us, we should be zeicha, to be able to connect to the first Indian that Reb Nassim meant when he said, that the Kanelachachavar, that all the Svarm that Reb Nassim wrote should be our best friend, but Reb Nassim himself should also be our best friend. The Reb is the Rebbe, Reb Nassim is our best friend. We should be zeicha to feel, to feel that feeling of being validated, being understood, of being cared for, and also being having somebody who gives us his hand to be able to pull us back up again. Chaim Chaim.